Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Well, hey, we are in a new series called Shake It Off. So this is that third installment. So if you've missed it, um, go back today when, when you get home and, um, and just kind of watch or listen to uh, some those messages, building a foundation. Um, say Shake It Off. So we've been reading one of Paul's miracle stories in Acts 28. That, that miracle came after a difficult and tumultuous time, a storm, a shipwreck, and then a snake bite. And I think, are you kidding me, God? You know, he, he went through yet another fiery trial. You ever been through a series of seemingly unfortunate events? <laughs> you hear some chuckles out there, right? That's how you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I get you. Okay, this is for you today. Uh, but let me encourage you today. Listen, Paul's fiery trial ended with yet another glorious miracle. Okay, look, you, know, you don't have to clap for that. Paul's fiery trial yet ended with another glorious miracle. Miracle, all right, amen. Because listen, that's how God ultimately ends the stories. Your story will end with good and his glory. It will. So we've all been through times of pressure, those very difficult moments, those heated seasons, and maybe you're going through one right now, and, you, and, and, and I don't know what you're going through, but listen, I wanna let you know I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you. But even greater, God is praying for you. Jesus intercedes for us before, during, and after the thing we're going through in life. And he's delivering to you a strength and a grace and a power that's needed not only for this moment, but also for what may be coming in the future. I, I, I don't, I, it would be nice if we all just kind of floated on the clouds and, you know, jumped on a unicorn and ate cotton candy. But I, I, think, I think what God has been doing is preparing us, the body of Christ, the church, as a light to the world. And you wonder why you're going through what you're going because we're being prepared for those who will be coming in trembling, the Bible says, like a flock of birds, trembling because they need hope and they need strength. And guess what? It's going to come right through us. You wonder, wonder why you've been going through these things. Well, that's the reason right there. But I've been praying for you. And God is praying for you. God wants to give us a supernatural ability to shake it off. Shake off what the enemy has tried to put on you and in, even in you. As we mentioned last week, God has a method, a way to bring us freedom. It's called the fire. Whether that fire was started by someone else, by just living in this world, or even by you, it doesn't matter. God uses it, has great purpose in it, to bring us freedom, the fire. So I was thinking, if the piece of metal or the clay pot could speak about the fire, I wonder what they would say. Maybe while in the fire, they might be asking a lot of questions like, what in the world is going on? Or why is this happening? Or what is the purpose? And when will this end? And I'm sure they would feel weak and scared and confused. 
That's okay. It's all right. That's all right. You'll, understand, you'll know why I'm just saying it. You'll know why it's all right to feel weak <laughs> and to even tell people, you know, I feel weak right now. It's not something you'll hear a lot in the world. You won't hear that on CNN or on the, on the news outlets. You'll, you won't hear people be vulnerable about what they've gone through or what they're going through. And be strong. But I'm sure they feel weak and confused and scared, but, but, I, but I'll miss this. And then it ends because it always ends. The fiery trial, this temporary moment, will pass. This too shall pass. Paul said this to the church in Corinth, 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18, for our present troubles are small. I never liked that when he says small. I'm like, really? Come on, this is so big, God. But it, it's big to you, it is, but to God it's very small. Small and won't last very long. Yet, they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we, we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. And afterwards, I'm thinking of that clay pot and that metal. When it's safe for the metal or the clay pot or the child of God to come out when it's over. They all see God in a different way. And they see themselves in a different way too. A little wiser, a little more seasoned, but a lot more free. Because it produces something that lasts forever. Right? Produces a greater dependence on God and a greater awareness of God. Listen, the fire reveals God. Right? We see that in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Read that story in Daniel. They, 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 they were put into a fire by, the, by a wicked king. And who shows up in the middle of the fire? Jesus, the fourth man in the fire, shows up. But they had to get into the fire in order to see Jesus. And sometimes that's the only way to see Jesus is in the fire. I'm not going to talk about this forever today. But I just want to give you a little, a little lead in to what we've been talking about. So God uses the fire to comfort us, listen, while he corrects us, while he heals us, and also uses the heat to drive out the snake so we can see it, so that we can shake it off. That snake that's been harassing you because God does not want anyone to be abused, attacked, and harassed by that snake. He's here to destroy because the snake's agenda is not only to bite, but to suffocate, to squeeze the life out of a person, and ultimately to hinder the power of the Christian. That's what he, that's what he does. And there's one snake that gives Jesus tremendous joy to destroy. It's that snake called pride. Uh-oh. <laughs> you didn't... Pride, say pride. <laughs> you didn't know we were. See, uh, this message isn't necessarily the message we want, but it's the message we need. I found out that if I have all that I want in this life, I'll never know what I need. In America, we have a lot that we want. And, and we find we never really know what we need. 
And this message is what we need today. It's what I need today, I promise you. So put on your steel-toed boots. This snake gives Jesus tremendous joy to destroy. It's that snake that loves to rear its head. When it does, it brings along with him a deadly venom that causes more havoc and destruction. We realize pride. I'm not talking about the things that we take pride in, right? I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about? I'll give it a better word, arrogance. That's it, arrogance. Arrogance is a better word that, that I'm talking about. It's just relying completely on myself. Today, if you've been bitten by the snake of pride, let's shake it off today. I'm, not, I'm gonna only spend a few moments describing pride because pride, that snake, should never be our focus. Jesus should be our focus because whatever we focus on will eventually follow. Let me say it again. What we focus on, we will follow. By the way, that's a whole other message, but the Bible is clear that we should know the schemes of the snake. We should be aware of how he tries to attack, and pride is one of his prevalent ways. Well, PD, how do I know if I've been bitten by that snake, I'm glad you ask. See, in the natural, there are obvious signs when bitten by a snake, and one prevalent sign is swelling. You get bit by a snake, you swell up. Or we'll just say puff up. Say puff up. <laughs> so let's get spiritual for a moment. Paul said this, describing the last day, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 4. You should know this, Timothy. In the last days, there'll be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They'll slander others and will have no self-control. They'll be cruel and hate what is good. Verse 4, they will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. Just open your eyes. I think we can see that stuff happening all around us. Puffed up with pride. Here's a quick description. I just want to show you how, what that looks like. Can I do that for a moment? Puffed up with uh, pride. Uh, let me just say a few things really quickly, and you can take notes. I'll try to go as slow as I can, but, but I'm just going to just give you what it looks like, and then we're going to move away from that because I don't want to put my focus on it. Put my focus on someone else, something else. Pride hides. <laughs> Pride points. Pride criticizes. Pride gets angry quick and pretty judgy too. Pride usually overreacts. Pride usually gets overly defensive. Pride will make a person continually strive for perfection. By the way, perfection is suffocation. It will squeeze the life out of you and place heavy burdens on others. God doesn't require perfection. He just requires believing in Jesus. Did you hear that? He said, the only work that I want you to do is to believe in me, the Son. That's it. Like, is that easy? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not saying don't get good at what you do, right? Like, there are people that just get better and better at what they do, their craft. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Get better. So I would say it this way. God doesn't require perfection, just progression as we follow him. That's it, right? Progression. Paul was a perfectionist. The guy that got bit by the snake, we'll 
just briefly show you that story in a minute, but Paul was a perfectionist until he met Jesus. Let me give you just a few more ways to identify the snake of pride. Pride carries the burdens that God is supposed to carry. Pride carries the burdens that God is supposed to carry. Psalm 68, 19. Praise the Lord. Praise God our Savior for each day he carries us in his arms. Now, I think it would be really funny. Really fun, especially, you know, the, the, the rough and tough, you know, rough and tough people. For Jesus to literally carry them into work, right? <laughs> like you're a Christian, and, you're, and he's like carrying you. Oh, come on, come on, come on, Dan. God, this is humiliating. Please, come on, let me get down and jump in. Come on, I don't want people to see this. No, 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 no. I carry you in my arms every single day. But that's so humiliating. It's humbling, God carrying us. When we go to work, as we lead in our business at home, God is carrying us as we let him. The Bible says we're supposed to cast our cares or violently throw them onto him. Pride carries the burdens that God is supposed to carry. This is what I know about pride. Pride starts fights. Proverbs says he was puffed up, stirs up quarrels. But he who trusts in the Lord will be healed. I say, when you puff up, you stir up. When I puff up, I stir up. I've been there, come on. If you've been married, you've been, I've been, come on. You've been there, if you've been in a relationship, come on. Don't lie. When I got puffed up, I stirred up something. And I had to say, I'm sorry, my fault, my bad. Move on. So the end result every time is pride comes right before a fall. It's usually a hard fall. Moral of the story, don't play around with that snake. Just a few indicators that the snake of pride is hanging around you. But you don't have to run from the snake. Just shake it off. And listen, listen. You, you are not pride. <laughs> You're not pride. You're not arrogance. That's not who you are. Right? That's not who I am. You're a child of God. You were created in the image of God. But you just might have been bitten by that snake. We all get bitten. We all get bit by that snake. Come on. Got to shake it off. Matter of fact, do this really quick. Come on. That's right. There's something about just doing something. You're shaking it off. God in his great mercy, be, so, so God in his great mercy becomes a fire to free us. And he's given us a remedy, and the remedy for pride is simple. It's humble. Say humble. A name that I hope you embrace with all your heart, humble. You're going to hear that word a lot. It's probably going to make you sick. You're probably going to want to run out of here so fast, but good. You're going to hear it enough that as you go through this day and go through life, I hope that that word just rings in your ears and gets into your heart. Because it is the power to save you, set you free. It's a powerful thing that's produced from and through the fire. It has the power to shake off every snake, humble. If I could define humble in a few words, it would be complete dependence on God. Proverbs backs this up. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. All, thank you. 
with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. See, that goes against everything, almost everything we've ever learned in life and even born into. See, I'm really only humble when I cling to Jesus. He said this about himself, I am humble and lowly in heart. So learn from me by clinging to me. Humble, say humble. I believe we're about to enter a revival. People coming back to God, people being healed and saved by God, but for that to happen, I believe we must first enter a revival of humble. It's here, right? Come on, some of you are, some of you are passing through, some of you come out, it, it's here, a revival of humble, complete dependence on God, because humble's the only way to go in God's eyes. It's one of the most important things to learn in life. It's usually one of, the, one of the things that we miss or reject or leave home without. Some of you know, I love a good pie. I love pumpkin pie. Costco's got one for $5.99. It's huge. And I realize that when I get it, I have to eat the whole thing because I still have the orphan mentality. Like, I, I got to eat it all, you know. Um, but yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll see me pack on a few LBs this Christmas. But pumpkin pie, pecan pie, Vicky knows that, peach crumble pie. I'm, I'm throwing these out, yes, subliminally, because you'll make me one. No, I'm not. I don't need it. Please, stay away. Listen, I know you like your pastor's a little chunky, but I got to, we got to, the best pie to eat, come on, humble pie. Humble pie is the best pie you can eat. See, if I was rich, and rich is great, he'd have all these pies up here, and he would probably throw a pie at you. So I, I didn't, you know, it's not as creative as you. Anyways, humble pie has saved lives, marriages, families, careers. Let me say that. I'm not gonna lie. Humble doesn't taste good at first, but the powerful results will last a lifetime, and without it, we just can't live the life God wants us to live. But humble really isn't anything new. See, like I've said before, we start humble and finish humble. We start with no teeth and very little hair and many times end the same way. Diapers when we're young and even diapers when we're old, there's no shame in it. Come on. Humble's a part of life, yet is the one thing we all try to avoid. But humble is how the church becomes a force in heaven and on earth. Humble, say humble. As a matter of fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 5. God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole Earth. Man, if you, if you like real estate, that's where to start right there. But it's not land that God's talking about because it's the people that live on that land. So I have a confession to make. I was a snake handler early on in our marriage. A spiritual snake handler. I don't believe in all that other stuff that, you know, I think it's ridiculous and arrogant taking a snake out of a box. I mean, get that thing out of here. I could hang on to snakes for days, especially the snake of pride. If Emily got under my skin, if she frustrated me, oh, I would simply give her the silent treatment for days. You know that. I wanted to let her know. I wanted to let her know how wrong she was. LOL I have in there. <laughs> Man, listen, that was excruciatingly painful. And as each day passed, I was struggling more and more on the inside. It was horrible, but thankfully it ended with humble. 
Now, interestingly, Emily, on the other hand, just shook it off. She wasn't going to let that snake of pride hang on to her. She just shook it off, even though it was her fault. <laughs> no, she just shook it off. I wanted her to be miserable with me. LOL. I wrote that in there again. Well, finally, I figured it out too. Just shake it off. Shake it off. Shake off that pride. Paul just shook it off. How humble. Humble. Do you know humble is coming no matter what? The Bible says you can, you can fall on the rock or the rock can fall on you. Just fall, fall on Jesus, the rock. Just fall onto him, right? You won't have to worry. You won't have to go through, through unnecessary tough places that Jesus doesn't want you to go, right? Humble's coming. Jesus is coming. He's humble personified. He created humble. So jump on the humble train before the pride derails everything. Humble is a power that shakes that snake off. So I saw something in that story that we could easily pass by, something small but very significant to get rid of those snakes in your life, in my life. Here it is, Acts 28.1. We're gonna read actually only to six, verse six. Once we were safe on shore, remember Paul, they went through a storm and a shipwreck and, and they were going through just horrible things. Once they, were, they finally got to shore, once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were so very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. And Paul gathered an armful of sticks. That's my phrase. I'll show you in a minute. And was laying them on the fire. A poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, murder, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul shook off that snake into the fire and was unharmed. People waited for him to swell up, puff up, suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. Oh, man. Love that story. Paul was gathering sticks. I mean, who reads the Bible and says, and it's like, oh, look at that. Look, it's right there. It's right there. He was serving. He was humble. He was in humble mode. Even after all that stuff, all the unnecessary trouble that he went through, he was humbly serving. Usually a major storm, a fiery trial, extreme pressure. We listen, we just want to chill. I just want to escape. I need some me time. But Paul didn't. And by the way, this moment was not natural. It was a supernatural thing. He was letting the Holy Spirit do the thing that God wanted to do through him. It was a humble thing. And that moment, the power of God overpowered and destroyed that snake because of humble. Humble equals power, by the way. Did you know that the snake has no power over you unless you freely give it to him? The devil has been stripped of his power. The only limited power that he has is, is just his lies. Fear, right? That's what he does. But he has no power. Uh, Colossians 2.15, having Jesus, having dis, 
armed principalities and powers. He made them a public spectacle, triumphing over them in it. But we got to believe that. And now every believer has been given that authority over the snake. And every snake that tries to harm you. We were in Colorado. We were hiking. And it says, there's a sign that says, be, watch out, especially for your dogs, of, I think, rattlesnake, whatever snake, the rattlesnakes probably, they have the rattlesnakes. And so you see that sign, you know, and, and all of a sudden we're, we're, we're coming up the hill and the guy's coming down the hill with his dog. He goes, hey, just to let you know, man, just right up ahead there's a big old rattlesnake crossing the, crossing the, uh, the path. Just want to let you know. Just, just, I said, oh, man, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. But we didn't turn away. We just kept going. Going on this hike. Heading towards a rattlesnake. Well, when I got to the rattlesnake, all I found was a skin. Skin. He must have heard that we were coming. He jumped out of his skin. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I believe. He must have jumped out of his skin. Shake it off because he's been stripped of his power. Come on, do this. Shake it off. So back to Paul for a moment. Paul depends on God. He's humble. He's helping others. By the way, humble uses its God-given gifts to help and serve and impact others. And they serve others without... Looking for recognition, accolades, achievement, status, position, title. Humble actually serves unnoticed. Yeah. Come on, we all want a pat on the back. I, I want to say, oh, Dan, look what you've done. You know, and, and, and uh, we all kind of want that stuff. But, but the truth is, Jesus didn't. He never called himself the son of God. He said, I'm the son of man. I'm going low. I'm going low. But people, they serve without, they serve without complaining or criticizing. You know, every Sunday morning. I never like to give Buzz a big head, but here you go, Buzz. Buzz drops Linda off, right, up front. He goes, parks his car, walks in. Now, Buzz... He's, he's still very, very young in spirit. I'm telling you, this guy's a young spirit. I don't know how old you are, uh, Buzz, and I know you've been through about 50 surgeries. You're, you're, like, you're like God putting you back together again, right? He's got metal everywhere in his body. But, and, and I know that there are days when he's, it's hard to walk, but you know what he does? Drops his lovely lady off at the front door, drives to his parking spot, and walks into church. She'll be the other way around, Linda, but it's not, right? Because that, 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 that's old school honor. That's old school humility. That is God saying, you know what? He's like, I don't care. If, he doesn't know. If, I see it. He doesn't want anybody to know. He never wants anybody to know. Sorry, Buzz. But, but that's what he does. And many of you do that. I see that, you guys. You're amazing. The thing I love about our church, man, humble servants. It's what God loves. I love when I see it. It's, 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 it's incredible. 
But listen, that's what Paul was doing when he got bit. Listen, that's what Paul was doing when he got bit. He was serving. Those knuckleheads who were passed out, right, that wouldn't listen to God, those, those guys on the boat that wouldn't listen to Paul, they were all passed out in a daze from the storm and the shipwreck because they weren't filled with the Spirit. They couldn't do the supernatural thing because they didn't know the supernatural God that Paul knew. He was gathering sticks to help others, and he was happy to do it. That's why when the snake bit him, he's like, really? He didn't say, really, really, God? <laughs> Come on, man, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to serve you. I've done that. I just got, I'm trying to do good. I'm maturing, slowly but surely. He was just serving, humbly serving. He didn't, he, I don't think, again, they were, I, believe, I believe the whole crew was passed out. They were just like so happy to be, they were just so tired, they hadn't slept in days. Hadn't eaten in days. Matter of fact, I believe if you, want, if you want a cure for depression, first put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. In other words, put on a praise song at home. Lift your hands to God and the snake of heaviness will disappear. Try it. It works. But also, if you want to get relief from depression, just Go find someone to help. That's it. Just go find someone to help. Because usually when, when the snake comes and bites us, obviously our focus is on us. Ah! Ouch! Ow! Ow! Don't you know my pain? Yes, I know your pain. Ah! 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 And all of you are like, okay, I'm going I'm to go help someone. And the moment you go help someone, I promise you, that snake, gone. Because there's one thing that that snake loves. That snake loves self-serving. That snake loves self-serving. I love to watch that Ryder Cup. That was cool. One thing I, one thing I was wondering is how is Bryson DeChambeau going to get along with Brooks Kepka? Because they're obviously don't like each other on the PGA Tour, but they had to come together for the, for the Ryder Cup to play for the U.S. And they did. You know how? They gave up a piece of themselves. They gave up a prideful piece of themselves and, and humbled themselves. That's how that happened. For the sake of the team. Amen? So, question. Got bit by a snake? Question mark? Here's the cure, humble. James 4.10, we're almost done. Humble yourselves then in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. I don't know if you knew this, but God does see everything, right? I don't want to see everything. No, I'm not saying God sees everything to judge us. No, that, that's not what God's doing. Number one, God's, God's got his eye on us because he loves us. We are the pupil or the apple of his eye. He, he's, he's like, man, I, come on, stay with me. Stay with me. Stay on target. Stay on mission. I'm watching you. I'm, he's not watching you to judge you or make you feel bad. No, 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 that's not God. The, the devil puts condemnation on us that way. But God sees everything. So we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. 
And because of that, he, he lifts us up. What are you doing when you think no one sees? Shake it off. Shake that stuff off. You don't need to fall into that stuff. Shake it off. It's not doing you any good. Shake it off. Peter says this in 1 Peter 5, 6. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. That's what Paul did. He could not defeat that snake on his own. He needed humble. He needed Jesus. He needed the power of God. So the question I have for us today is, what do you run to first when the fire happens, when the snake appears? Who do you run to first? Here's some advice. Don't run to mama first. Don't run to daddy first. Don't run to Google. Run to God. Get under his mighty, loving, powerful protection and let the Holy Spirit lead you. I've learned that the Holy Spirit doesn't just make me dance and shout. He also makes me shut up, look inside, and say I'm sorry. That's just for me, not you. He leads me to humble, right? So God wants to take you places, listen, that your resume doesn't qualify you for, and it's gonna take humble to get there. Are you positioned under God? Are you positioned under the mighty hand of God? Then feel free to say, Lord, I run this business, but you own it. Lord, I have a family, but you lead it. Lord, I do this job, but you gave it. Lord, I have this resource, but you blessed me with it. Feel free to say that, because that's the voice of humble. So let me end with this. A few times in my life, God has allowed me to see something that I didn't want to see, but I saw it. And one, one, one instance, back in the day when I was leading worship uh, for a, a very large um, ministry and a very um, prominent person in, in a worldwide ministry, and I was called, so I, was, I was like, man, yeah, I'll come and lead worship, brought my team there. We led the whole day. It was awesome. The presence of God was incredible. And um, they, they really didn't give me any, tell me what, what, they just said, hey, do the worship sets and be gone. So I ended up telling my worshiping man, go home, it's late. I stuck around, so I'm going to stick around, you know, in case they need some at the end. So the end came, and I'm just, usually what I do is get up and start playing the keys a little bit, you know, just, just tinkering around. And this guy didn't want just the keys, he wanted something else. So he was like, man, come on, we need to get into some." Some chant, some, something man, powerful. I got it. But I was like, listen, it's just me. I can't do five instruments. So the cool thing was, was people, oh, this is awesome. People would come up and say, hey, I play drums. I said, well, get on those drums. Hey, I play bass. All right, there's the bass. And so God was like creating this cool band that we could just kind of, we, we could, because I wanted to serve this person. I'm like, I want to serve you. I want to do a good job. I want to please God. And all of a sudden, listen, in the middle of us trying to get to this place, this person turned around, looked at me, and looked at the guy on the stage and said, he doesn't know what he's doing. And in that moment, I was hurt, but in that moment I thought, oh, there's something else bigger than, than this. Only a few weeks later, he lost his marriage and his ministry. I'm not saying it's because of me, but what happened was I, I saw something and I heard something that day that yes, it hurt, but it was, there was so much, it was, it was more hurt for him 
that, that he had been going down this road that he didn't even see, that he had a snake of pride on him. Listen, and he didn't see it, but in that moment, the words were loud and clear. And I've seen this multiple times in my life. And I'm, listen, I'm no angel. Come on. But one thing I do is I do my best to cling to God and depend on him, my friends. I do my best to do that because I don't want to end up in a place I shouldn't be, right? So here's the humble, here's the good ending. A couple weeks ago, someone that, that, that I know and lives miles and miles away, hadn't talked to him in a couple years, calls me up. And he was struggling with the whole vaccine thing and you know, college, daughter's in college and she, you know, has to get this thing. And we're all just, everybody's like, ah, you know, hair on fire. And, and, I, and, he, and so he talks to me and he says, he says, man, I just, can, can you like help me through this? I go, yeah, yeah. Before we even started, the first scripture that I heard was this in 1 Corinthians 16, 14, just in my heart. I said, well, here's what I hear. I say, do everything in love. Not some things, do everything in love. Short and sweet, but it can cut deep for a good reason. So I said, we had this, con- and I'm not gonna have, tell you the whole conversation, but he was going down a certain road where his marriage was being affected in a bad way. They weren't talking. They were, one was on this side, one was on that side. There was clear division in their family. He would go down to his who was office, and he would listen to certain podcasts that, that confirmed the way he was thinking, and he was literally holding himself up, and his marriage was suffering. They were arguing. Children were seeing it. And I gave him that verse, and I talked through it just for a moment because we wanted to find God's heart in this. And it only took about, ooh, I'd say, five or seven minutes of just talking through, sharing God's heart and his love. And he literally broke down and cried and violently wept over the phone. He says, I haven't cried in about 10 years. He couldn't stop. I said, man, just go, go on. I said, it's beautiful. Oh, this is so good. God loves this. He loves the brokenness in your heart. He recognized the error of his ways. He became prideful. Yeah, maybe his part was true. But listen, if you only see in part, you can't have the whole. If If you make the part your whole, that's a problem. Right? So don't do that. Because somebody else has a different part, a different opinion, a different way, a different life. So, so we did that, and he broke down. He, he just couldn't stop crying, crying. And then I had him pray, and the spirit-filled prayer started to come. It was the best prayer I've ever heard. And you know what he did? He says, I got to go. Right, where are you going? Because I'm going to my wife. I'm going to tell her I'm sorry. I'm going to tell her I'm sorry that I was wrong. He texted me back. Marriage is good. It's all good. It's all better. Because he humbled himself. Come on, you guys. Isn't that awesome? Woo! Was that you, Dan? No, but probably should have been. He chose humble, you guys. He chose humble. He chose humble. And now he's continuing to become more like Jesus. See, the devil better be worried about who you are becoming, not who you were. He better be scared about who you are becoming when humble's involved 
not who you were. Gives you a shake it off ability. Humble yourselves and watch the snakes flee. Today, today, listen. I just think there are things that, number one, need a little more air conditioning. I think there are things that just don't need prayer. They just need action. <laughs> Let me pray about that. No, 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 you don't. The Bible already says it. Forgive. Let me pray about serving. No, 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 no. I have to pray about serving. Just go get, get on in there, right? If you see a need, just go fill it. Come on, right? Some, some things just don't need prayer. They just need action. Today, you might just need to say you're sorry or I'm sorry or you might need to confess I was wrong. Humble action. Humble is the way to go. And as we finish, humble is the only way to walk into the kingdom. That's it. It's humble with God brings us to born again. <laughs> brings us to receiving Jesus, eternity. And I would love to pray with you online and here in this place. If you've never gotten to that, to that place, you know, I would love to lead you there. So would you just bow your heads for a moment? Um, because this is the most humbling moment you'll ever be in. And I know that we live in an area, really the United States, where many people are born and raised in the church, but they're not born again. Come on. Born and raised, but not born again. And I encourage you that if you've been born and raised and not born again, this is your moment. But it takes a humbling moment. It takes a real man of God, a real woman of God to say, Lord, I need you. I'm sorry. I'm completely dependent on you. And Lord, this is the moment that I want to show you and you alone, God, that I humble myself and I follow you. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father. Come on, all together. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you humbly even broken. And I say, I need you with all of my heart. I don't want to do life on my own. I need you today. I confess you as my Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, Jesus. Therefore, I'm saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Woo! We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot -E org. And like us on Facebook. Resurrection Life Church Cadillac for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.